1: This week, Creator reveals mysteries of life in the light. In other words, what's it like when you go to heaven,
2: Carl? Well, this has been a perennial question, something many have pondered. I still run across books that make the bald claim that no one's ever come back from the dead to talk about what it's like, if anything uh, happens. and. that's clearly not true. We all come back. We all reincarnate. <laughs> yeah. We've had many, many near-death experiencers go to the light and then return because it was premature. They reconsidered leaving and reemerged back into the body. It revives and those sort of things. But we can also channel beings in the light and we can talk to God. So this is something that is not brand new but only happens rarely and it's an opportunity to get some current perspective about things. So one of the things we can address is what is it like in heaven? Yeah, and this is this is a fun one.
1: Normally we're dealing with a lot of dark stuff. Hopefully this time this is a an uplifting show. So looking forward to this. US creator, we've come to understand that life in the light is a fundamentally different existence than life in the physical some people imagine in the light, you can create any reality you want and explore ideas and possibilities, similar to the idea of a holodeck in Star Trek. Is this literally true?
2: All right, and these are creator's words. It is not only true, it is an underestimation and underrepresentation of what is truly possible for the light being in full flower. You can have multi-dimensional experiences You can multi-locate to talk with many other beings simultaneously with separate or combined conversations. You can divide your time and be carrying out separate experiences and activities and projects simultaneously with great ease. There are even different ways to do this. Mostly it is done through segmenting time in such a way that you are traversing the gaps in between instantaneously, so you work on one thing, work on another, work on another, yet come back to the first, go to the third, go to the second, go to the third, go to the first, and so on, as you desire, and as will support the most seamless progress in keeping everything moving forward. If you miss anything while you're away, you can replay what took place in your absence for a small segment of time to obtain clarity And then rapidly come back to the precise point you wish to take action and proceed from there with no loss whatsoever in understanding or effectiveness in carrying out what you wish to see happen. This is the ultimate of multitasking, in addition to which you have a tremendous command of energy at your disposal to make many things happen, large and small. This is why you need to be a wise custodian of your gifts and capabilities, to deploy them in ways that only help the universe and do no harm. This is where wisdom comes in and why you need to earn your way and learn your way as well, to be given greater freedoms to move throughout the universe as an independent agent. All such beings will still be connected to Creator and will be interacting with Creator on a frequent basis. That is not to keep you constrained. It is to support you, encourage you, and help you flourish to the greatest possible extent by helping to provide what you might need for clarification, encouragement, inspiration, support, guidance, and yes, even healing. The issue of protection will be much less relevant because you will be in the friendly universe and not the dark corner you inhabit currently. You will truly come alive once you ascend into the higher realm you will inhabit as your destiny. All the hard-won lessons of life in the physical as a mere human, as you tend to think of yourselves, is perfect preparation for learning what not to do and it will serve you well as an ambassador for the divine. I think there's a bit of a combined answer here, you know, in
1: the sense that yeah. there's the the light that we have turned to between carnation, you know, incarnations here on Earth, but Creator is also hinting at the post um, ascension existence as a divine human and 12 as an ambassador for the divine. So um, there's a lot there's a lot of meat in this in this uh, channeling. <laughs>
2: Well, what it says is there's only good things ahead. Yes. If, if we can pass our test in the moment and overcome the problem of evil. So that remains to be determined. But barring that, we're on our way to great things. This is a dream that creators had for many thousands of years and helped us to work towards and created us mm-hmm. to take part in doing This is a new paradigm for the entirety of the universe, the divine human and its capabilities.
1: Indeed. It's something to look forward to for sure. You asked, creator, it was written somewhere that new arrivals to the light have an opportunity to live their dreams for a while. If someone really wanted to ride around in a limousine, for instance, but were not able to while physically alive, they can create that reality with their thoughts and ride around until they
2: get their fill. Is this true? Creator tells us, this is quite true. You have full latitude to express yourself in whatever way you choose. And this includes the creation of an environment you might desire as your ultimate playground, so to speak. People in the heavenly realm create all kinds of unusual and unique environments with abundant nature and great beauty transcending what you have on the earth itself. But many recreate their earthly environment in some respect from a kind of nostalgia to have an opportunity to experience it in a pristine state, uncontaminated by evil. So it can be enjoyed to the greatest maximum and recapture many delights you may have had as children, still naive and innocent, but fully awakened with your senses to walk through a garden and know the energy of the living things and breathe it in and feel it deep within and revel in the delights of sun reflected on the dew deposited on the leaves about you. This is the prerogative of the light being, to build the castle they most desire and many will choose a humble abode, not wanting fancy trappings or thrills, but simply being closest to nature in a way that is safe and rewarding without the threat of natural disasters and many scourges that can disrupt and destroy a tranquil setting and then taint it by association with the bad times so life is never the same. You can rework things in a healing fashion when you are back in the light and this does serve soul growth to have the opportunity to catch up, so to speak, And this will strengthen the foundation as a springboard for vaster and more enriching dreams from new possibilities. And that is how you will mostly spend your time going forward.
1: I think this is incredibly exciting. This is basically telling us that, you know, this really is an environment of deprivation down here, you know, and that. You know, you if you're dying and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I didn't get a chance to restore that vintage automobile, I always wanted to restore. Well, you can get back to the light and you can restore that up there if you want to. You know, you can play around with it. You, then you're not going to have parts that are missing and you're, you're not going to wait six months to get a part bail order from Europe. You'll be able to do it right away and, and kind of have the fun that you hope to have here, but then was interrupted by all kinds of demands we have. So... Um, The creativity up there from what we're learning is infinite. So, it's exciting.
2: Well, you're only limited by your imagination when you're a light being. So, here you may yearn to make a visit to Disneyland because you can't afford it and you never get there. But in the light, you can create your own Disneyland and make it wondrous, far beyond what human capability can do. Indeed. You ask,
1: Creator, there is a widespread mythology about pearly gates that mark the entrance to heaven. Can Creator share where this notion came from and what lessons we might draw from it?
2: Creator tells us, this came from an early prophet's description of seeing the brilliance of light and the great edifices present within the higher astral plane that serve as meeting places for the light beings together and experience sharing of information with one another and with Creator as well. These are large structures capable of holding vast numbers of beings at one time and are indeed imposing visually. Prophets of old who were able to tune in intuitively to light beings were given some impulsed awareness of these environmental characteristics and this was reinforced for them in the dream state and became part of the lore handed down through the generations. As a metaphor, it befits the idea of heaven being a lofty place where one truly reaches the heights in soul growth and expression, where it becomes a way of life to be at your best at all times and to be fully intact and not a fragmented individual often lost in the darkness but it does reflect the actual reality of the majestic architecture used as a means of sharing communal experiences in a grand setting that is itself uplifting and majestic in appearance. This is why the great architects are revered because they are truly artists. Great architecture, like a great painting, will uplift those who see and experience their presence in that particular building because it conveys divine principles as an aspect of its design. That will resonate deeply for most people and the reason why their work is revered and they are considered great among architects. In the same way, the great artists are great. It is because they are best in conveying divine truth and the divine love energy in what they do. That is why in the light being realm, everything is imbued with divine love. So everything is awesome, majestic, and profound in its makeup and in the experiencing by all who inhabit this realm. You know, I'm reminded
1: of, uh, you know, cathedral architecture from like the Middle Ages where it was not unusual for a cathedral to take more than a century to build, you know, and the amount of Artwork and precision engineering that went into that still is awesome today, even. And we seem to have lost that. You know, we, there's not too many projects that we engage in anymore that, that will take more than a, a single lifetime, much less even a single decade anymore.
2: Well, it's a, a good example of what Creator is speaking about, because if you think about the, the history of Western civilization and culture, certainly, and in the East as well, when it comes to religion, People go all out. Yeah. You know, these great cathedrals that people worked on over centuries and made them absolutely almost supernatural, other than they're clearly physical structures and physically possible. They're not, uh, uh, you know, a strange extraterrestrial kind of technologic uh, right. composition. But the reason is God was behind it. Yeah. And just consider the the amount of inspiration behind all that. You know, Absolutely. People really had to be motivated to go to that extent, and I'm sure they were. Yes, they got the call. They got tapped to contribute and to be a part of something great, something more than human. And it, it lasts, and people recognize it as something really extraordinary. Indeed. Indeed.
1: You asked creator... What does a typical day, so to speak, in the light look like? Are there routines that beings fall into? What would be considered work and what would be considered
2: recreation in the light? All right, and these are Creator's words. Because the beings here are not in the physical plane of Earth with its day-night cycle and the need for sleep, the light beings have light in abundance at all times but can withdraw and have environments shielded and which vary with the quality and nature of the light present simply to experience a variety as suits the mood and personal preference. Light beings do not sleep. Compared to human beings, because there is an endless supply of energy, they do not fatigue as humans will. They work hard and they play hard. The choices are dictated not by practical necessity of having to work for a living for example and put in so many hours in service to a boss in exchange for living expenses. All have access to all they could need or want. There is no lack for the light being. The energy of the universe is inexhaustible and can be configured through consciousness of each being to provide whatever might be wanted. So time is spent learning about the possible uses of energy and its manipulation to create new ideas, new endeavors, and to share the wisdom gained with others. This is a joyous, loving enterprise where all delight in the achievements of the individual because it is never withheld to benefit a single being at the expense of others or denial of others. There is a collective knowledge base and a collective wisdom through this sharing. So what you might consider work in doing research and exploration, we would consider as much recreation. So the distinction becomes more what is on balance something of equal benefit to the collective versus of mostly benefit to the individual being. That is the closest we would come to delineating a difference in the meaning of an activity. One might take an interval of leisure and time out, but use it for deep inner reflection and in the process, innovate something of tremendous interest and value to all. So, was that work or was that play? That leisure time was productive, and this is routine for the light being because they're never truly idle. They are devoting their consciousness to something always, but it is of such enjoyment and delight. It is simply not seen as work because it is done by the being, and not only for the wider collective, but for the self as well, because all gain when everything is shared. By doing more personally, everyone gains more, and in turn, all who follow these principles will be in a constant state of upliftment and progression to a wider set of possibilities and greater rewards in the doing." So the good
1: news here, Carl, is there's no toilet paper shortage in heaven, apparently.
2: Apparently (laughs) not. One less thing to worry about. One
1: less thing to worry about.
2: Well, just the the idea of abundance. Yes. There's no lack. Right. There's no poverty. There's no suffering from deprivation of any kind. What a wonderful way to live.
1: Absolutely. And uh, it's all considered, you know... I like the description between work and play, and uh, the thought that occurred to me, you know, does does creator consider having to talk to us uh, work or play, Carl? I don't know. Hopefully play.
2: <laughs> well, I think they get some laughs out of it, actually. I imagine they do.
1: <laughs> More than a couple, I imagine. Well, check us out at getwisdom.com. Uh, hopefully you can find some laughs there, too. But we're mostly serious. This is a serious undertaking, and Um, There's a lot to learn that you can check out in terms of our healing services, in terms of the Get Wisdom database, where we have a lot of these channelings uh, there that you can search out and you can get answers to your questions with. To be able to sign up, getwisdom.com, be a participant member. It's forever free. Uh, You just sign up today and you get access to most of our content. And we'll be right back with more on what it's like to go to heaven. We return with more Get Wisdom after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com
0: forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking
1: about everybody's future destination, hopefully in one way or another. Uh, Many people plan to go to Disney World. Well, this is like the ultimate Disney World, Carl.
2: Well, and it's where we come from, but have forgotten. Yes. But it's also why we are as nice as we are as a species, why we're altruistic. It's not just we had some gene that evolved and there's some survival value in that as evolution theory would uh, would dictate to us. It's actually because we come from the divine. We are of the divine. And we go back to the divine unless we're waylaid in some way. So, th- this this is our heritage and our destiny both. So, Indeed. knowing something about it, I think, is helpful because it gives us the encouragement we might need to stick it out here and do the best we can with our lives because there's a purpose behind it all. Absolutely. And I, th- I see this
1: as an exercise in inculcating faith, you know, that if you kind of pull your your vision together of what's what's coming later, that, that that bolsters your faith, gives you hope and outlook, and that can help you make a transition even. So it's it's not trivial. Right. US creator, many of reported near death experiences have described going through a review of their entire lives in an instant, which sounds paradoxical, but does it suggest the way time works in the light? It is also said that not only are you aware of your own emotions and experiences, but that you actually feel the feelings and know the thoughts of everyone you interacted with and touched in some way. Is this true? And if so, what is the purpose?
2: And these are Creator's words. The life review has been experienced and recalled by many undergoing near-death experiences. It is a waystation in the process of transition with full return to the light. It is often a point at which a final decision is rendered about moving forward or returning back to the earth plane to finish out the lifetime or continue it at least for a further interval. The life review is indeed a comprehensive retrospective look at everything that happened and your reaction while experiencing it in the context of its consequences for those in wider circles. And this includes a full inner perception of what the others felt like what they experienced as a consequence of your actions so that you have the fullest measure of direct and personal experiencing of the impact you had on the world during your sojourn in the physical. There is nothing like being in another person's shoes to gain a fuller understanding of what they're going through. When you do something or say something hurtful to another person because of anger and you just pull away and move on and only reflect back on the episode in anger you will never fully appreciate the wounding that anger produced in others. That is a selfish, one-sided experiencing of life and is, in effect, an aberration caused by the disconnection you have from the higher planes of existence and your greater soul, as well as the higher self aspect that normally guides you and helps you with reminders you think of as your conscience to catch yourself and pull back from doing your worst at times, if you're lucky. So those times when you've moved out of divine alignment and are learning opportunities, they are learning opportunities to more fully understand how very interconnected you are with all around you and how a minor transgression can turn into a major problem for others. And if you were able to truly perceive that, might choose to act differently. This review of your life happens retrospectively and what you gain is hindsight, it nonetheless caps off the learning from all you've gone through and experienced directly by providing you a deeper level of insight of all those interconnections. And this adds great richness and depth to the value of having had the lifetime in the physical If there is a direct return as with resuscitation in response to a medical emergency that might have brought death to someone that was reversible for a time at least, and a life review took place, on awakening there may be a greater appreciation, if not on a conscious level, than on the level of the deep subconscious. In understanding what took place, and taking it to heart and then perhaps helping the remainder of that life go in a better way because of the lessons learned through a deeper awareness in identifying what others go through in response to your behavior and actions. The process is available always from within the light. So when people gather to learn about karma and consequences and talk about various dilemmas, And especially in the planning of a new incarnation, the ability to review past progress and difficulties, including setbacks, figure heavily in devising the best possible way to benefit the individual in picking up where they left off, who they will be with in a family group, where they'll go, who they will meet, who might be a key person to mentor them, or to provide a new opportunity to address previous karmic lessons and will be their nemesis in the life to come. This allows great thought and preparation to enable obtaining the maximum benefit from each incarnation in the physical in the attempt to make things better and to grow in the process. Well, you
1: know, I, I have a small collection of books about near-death experiences in my library just a couple feet from me that I read many, many years ago, and uh, so I've always had that that understanding, but to a lot of people, this idea of the life review might be
2: news to them. Well, it's never too late to learn if you apply yourself, but I think this is very telling in many, many ways, because it shows you That no detail is too small to be important, for one thing. And that there are no secrets. What you do is on record and for all of time. And it's (laughs) reviewable by others. There are lots of Akashic record readers running around in the landscape offering to do sessions for folks to read their Akashic records and tell them what they've done in other go-rounds. So... this, we this all have should give us some thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all have skeletons, Carl. I'm not sure everybody would think that'd be the greatest news in the world that everything you've ever done is on review forever. But but no, but you're not judged. That's the important thing, you know. And it's 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 all experience and it's all it's all learning experience explore, exploration. And in the light you understand that. So don't well, worry right. about being embarrassed about what you've done here when you get back, I think,
2: is the message. No, absolutely. I mean that's that's one of the corruptions of religion. To fear God, fear judgment, right, and being blamed, and then punished. We're here to experience negativity. We're here to learn through failure by being in an environment where it's going to be inevitable. Yes. And that's the whole purpose behind it. So, you know, we'll, we will stumble, we'll fall. The question is, do you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and go back into the fray? Yes. Or do you just crash and burn and never rise again?
1: Yeah. Everybody who comes down here gets battle scars on returning. Everybody. Even even Christ, when Christ was here, returned with battle scars. You know, it's (laughs)
2: nobody's immune, Carl. (laughs) Well, and that is the point of it, because this is how we learn the greatest of lessons. If you think about this, this is conventional wisdom. We learn more from our mistakes. Absolutely. And we do from our victories because it just means we got the good fortune from good preparation, perhaps, to come out on top some of the time. But when we really run into something we can't cope with, that's going to teach us a lot about dark possibilities. And that will prepare you for even greater hurdles if you take the lessons to heart and apply them and do some careful consideration within yourself about who you are, what you can be, and how to fill that gap. Absolutely. You're going to get a lot
1: of help with that. We all will. You ask, Creator, we know that time does not exist in the light the same way it does in the physical. Is it, that is no, is it truly that there is no time or is it simply different? If different, how is the passage of time, quote-unquote, experienced, grasped, and understood by those living
2: in the light? All right. This is one of the hardest things to get one's head around, The, (laughs) uh, the, the paradoxes of time and the differences in planes of existence and how time can be experienced and traversed in unique ways. So this gives you a taste of this. Creator tells us, this is quite difficult to convey and truly impossible fully because the human language does not provide words to describe the phenomenon of time experienced by the light being. It is that simple. We will describe some of the possibilities of experiencing and you can think about the time consequences from your human perspective. And the variance in what is possible is a measure of the properties of time in the different awarenesses. We were discussing the ability to multi-locate, not only sequentially to visit many places instantaneously, but to do so simultaneously in effect. This is accomplished through time itself, that it can be subdivided and it is elastic and it loops continually from one place of experiencing to another. In a sense, there is a time matrix. You think of time as a linear phenomenon that is the same for everyone. You might call it different clock hours when standing on different places on the earth because of its rotation bringing daytime and then nighttime and then calendar days proceeding accordingly with each rotation. So the only variance is the physical location of the observer and how they would see what time it is. In actuality, they are experiencing time simultaneously, but calling it something different. We are speaking of a multiplicity of times that can be accessed at will and with a full and deep conscious awareness and understanding of the principles to know what one is doing and how to go about it. So you can access multiple timelines that are proceeding in parallel, looping to and fro, and in that sense, you can be ahead of yourself or behind yourself in taking part in activities at other physical locations in the universe, but on different timelines that will vary from what you might be experiencing at a starting point before those journeys were launched while still continuing where you might be presently before embarking on a visit to the other timelines. It is like gravity representing a field of energy. So in the solar system you inhabit, the effects of solar gravity impinge on all the planetary bodies, no matter where they are located, in closest proximity or to the furthest reaches of the solar system. There is a field of gravity such that someone traveling across the solar system will perceive that gravitational pull wherever they might be. So the gravity as a force exists simultaneously everywhere at once. It will be experienced somewhat differently depending on location and distance from the source of the energy field, but it is omnipresent within that larger locale of the solar system itself and then extending weekly beyond it, true of time. It is a field of energy. So what you experience as time will vary depending on the conscious orientation you adopt with respect to a particular timeline you are traversing through this field. It is somewhat analogous to traversing the solar system and moving towards and away from the planetary bodies. For a while, you'll be more greatly influenced by the gravity of those planets than the sun and may well end up in orbit or crash into them if you become vulnerable to their attraction and have no means energetically to move away. So the same is true of time. The intention of consciousness in launching itself from point A to point B carries with it time implications. So you're moving on a timeline from point A to point B in a physical location within the time energy field that timeline has a history because consciousness becomes entangled in a quantum sense with its surroundings effect a vast time field that is filled with something analogous to the timeline arrows of individual experiences that interpenetrate and overlap and crisscross within this vast time energy field. Time can move in any direction. So from the perspective of an observer, it can be moving forwards or backwards. This is how you can travel within and across time, both forwards and backwards. It is simply perspective and conscious choice and how you want your energy to proceed. This is why there is a relativity not only in terms of movement and the consequences of gravitational forces, but for time as well. It is a complex interplay of consciousness and its consequences in moving about throughout the universe in multiple dimensions as well.
1: Uh, My head's swimming from all that. But the, the message I get is that time can exist in the sense of even in the light, you know, you can experience time if you want to, or you can traverse it in multiple different ways. The point is, there's no, there's no singular linear time. It's, it's, it's another thing that can be explored and played with, perhaps in infinite ways.
2: Well, and this is one of the profound things about what existence implies. It is much more awesome than conventional science gives credit to. You know, the simplistic notion is that everything sort of happened from a primordial swamp, not to mention, you know, not explaining how a swamp got there to be primordial, but but anyway, (laughs) just things whizzing about and bumping into one another, and somehow it evolved, and life sort of came into being, and, you know, a series of assumptions on assumptions on assumptions, and And really speculations and grasping at straws, because without the Almighty, nothing does make sense. (laughs) It has to have a trivial surface explanation, because it's too awesome and too complex for randomness to ever bring it about. Oh,
1: absolutely. And that can be statistically demonstrated as well rather easily. And and there's so many ways that you can dispel this notion, you know, looking at the complexity of of life itself, you know, but also how fast it appears and disappears should give a clue that there's, you know, something greater going on.
2: Well, it's also an explanation uh, in, in another sense that people wouldn't necessarily dream up themselves that life beyond where we are is extraordinarily more fascinating. Yes. We're in a land of restriction and limitation here, including the workings of time. Right. But for good reason. For good reason. Yes. Well,
1: be sure to check out our uh, free ebooks at getwisdom.com. There's two, three of them that you can download right away. One is the one on prayer, very, very important. It, uh, it's the most effective way to pray. You can get that at slash prayer. Get our ebook on the Lightworker Healing Protocol. You can get that at getwisdom.com slash LHP And our 10 Principles of Divine Living At getwisdom.com slash 10TEN That's getwisdom.com slash 10TEN And we we'll are back with a final segment Of this week's show Right after this
0: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are talking about what it's like to return
1: to heaven, to our, to our true home, and uh, it's been a fascinating show so far, Carl.
2: Well, it, this is something people have wondered about and been curious about, and in the, the spiritual, religious folks hope they'll get to, the skeptics scoff. But, you know, wait till they're near their death and they start contemplating eternal nothingness. It's not a pleasant thing. So (laughs) this is one of the great majestic truths that we're immortal. This is so awesome beyond our understanding and appreciation. But there there can't be a bigger contrast than that. (laughs) Either that you came from dust, you go back to dust. After your few, your little short life, or you keep going for an eternity and expanding and growing and, and experiencing things and loving and being loved along the way, you know, the, you know, there's no comparison there. You know, I, I I
1: use this phrase sometimes with people. I say, you know, we're not at the beginning of eternity or at the end of eternity. We're right
2: smack in the middle. <laughs> well, that's another. That's a good perspective to have.
1: Yeah. U.S. Creator, we've been told that those rescued from being stuck in limbo need a period of recovery before they can fully resume life in the light. Can Creator share how that recovery works and what the experience is like?
2: And Creator tells us, this varies tremendously as you might imagine. Those who have a quick transition are able to integrate quite quickly back into the light being mode. After all, keep in mind, this is where you come from. You spend much more time in the light than you do in a physical life, even with a string of incarnations over many centuries and millennia of time. There is as much or more time spent in the light in between in most cases, including quite long intervals prior to your service as a divine human for the ongoing project. Your history is truly vast. When stuck in limbo and spending an extensive period as an earthbound spirit, You are truly caught in between planes of existence that are suitable for living. Being in limbo is not because you're deprived of many of your faculties. You are in a state of extreme restriction in terms of what you can experience. And because the lower astral plane of Earth is a war zone, so to speak, inhabited by many dark spirits and extraterrestrial dark spirits as well, People are typically preyed upon and savaged in order to extract ever greater amounts of energy from them for these predatory parasites to survive, as well as to punish the hapless human spirit who becomes a lost soul. They may have been heavily targeted during life and continue to be targeted during their transition to constrain them and hold them back to keep them essentially in a kind of prison. So it is no wonder there is a need for recovery. This easing back into light being existence is seen to in a gentle way, so as to not create too great a shock. The contrast between the lowest state of deprivation and torment of the lost soul in limbo, compared to being in the light with creator in bliss and bathed in unimaginable love, is the greatest of possible extremes. So the transition is simply made to be gradual so that some time is spent with light beings in a sheltered environment and a reunion with loved ones appearing in their human form for maximum comfort and recognition is arranged so they can be together and gradually help the adaptation back to a higher state of vibration that will reawaken light being capabilities bit by bit. That may only take the equivalent of a day or two of physical time equivalent, but is time will spent. and the whole point of this extra nurturing is to avoid further traumatization of the being from getting too much of a good thing all at once. It would be akin to pulling someone from a dark cell after a prolonged period of solitary confinement, sometimes for years, and thrusting them into the middle of a wild party underway with noise, laughter multiple sources of music, and a great throng of voices celebrating and reveling in the moment. The experience would be not only unnerving, but overwhelming and painful to the sensory-deprived sufferer. So this process speaks to the humane treatment of all in seeing to their needs. No one is left behind. No one flounders. No one suffers on their own. All are assisted and all are uplifted in the light. You know, this is fascinating because
1: you have talked about how, you know, when we do uh, spirit rescues and then you're going to channel that individual later on, that you usually let at least a day and what, maybe about three at least sometimes to, yeah, like to, we to sh- pass? We allow,
2: we allow three days yeah. minimum for that adaptation and that re-equilibration so they're comfortable and have their... Get their bearings and uh, and are readjusted and and we're not you know kind of dealing with them while they're in the first aid mode you know the emergent right. care
1: and and this is enlightening in the sense of maybe the differences in time contrast because three days to us might be three months equivalence of experience for them in that three days we don't know but it's it, it's not it's not a one to one correlation I'm sure.
2: No, it isn't. And uh, the capabilities of the full-fledged light being are so profound, time really is no restriction at all right. Right? in any way at any time. For someone trying to ease back into light being level existence, they're kind of probably in an in-between mode where they're not fully awakened to the perceptions right. of those more complex realities. But uh, in any event, this rescue phenomenon is critically important to many more people than you would imagine. About a third of people don't make it back to the light. They're not yes. ready. They haven't done some homework. They haven't done spiritual preparation to enhance their belief in the divine and belief in themselves. So many end up depleted and downtrodden and, and, and languishing.
1: Yes. One and third. that's a risk. And and to be honest, you know, we we we've lived many 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 lives, and almost certainly all of us have been stuck in limbo between transitions in the past somewhere. So none of us escape this experience. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's a learning opportunity at the end of the day. U.S. Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol make a difference,
2: if any, for loved ones already in the light? And Creator tells us. The interconnectedness of consciousness enjoyed by members of the divine human family is intact wherever the beings might reside. So whether they are in the light or in the physical during an incarnation, all are nonetheless interconnected. That is true for any beings in limbo as a lost soul spirit. The question always is, to what extent, they can see and share information with one another and sense the energy the energy of one another. The light being sees all in the physical. They see the tormented lost soul spirit stuck in limbo, tumbling in the darkness, alone, afraid and often being tormented. They cannot intervene because each being must be allowed their experience whether it is one of triumph or failure. This is part of the learning curve underway that will promote human growth and be worth it in the end, even with the pain experienced along the way. When you say a prayer for a loved one who has passed, it will literally bring them to your side. They will know you are thinking of them, and that loving gesture will attract them to you. This is simply an example of divinity on display and why we call you divine humans. You are love-based beings. That never changes. It can be suppressed through your diminishment, especially in the physical. Cut off from higher awareness and in a state of impairment and suffering physically, it will be hard to connect with a loving impulse. So if you think with your thoughts about a loved one in the light, they will come to you, but you may not be able to sense this if you're not in a high enough vibration to perceive their energy around you and reaching out to you. There are limits in what they can do in any event, beyond giving a greeting and making an expression of love and encouragement. Like Creator, they cannot lead you, but they can help to assist you if you request their help. While in the light, the light beings do not work on their human travails, the human woundings, the karmic dilemmas they were a part of in the physical that remain unhealed. So when they reincarnate eventually, they'll be back where they left off. No matter what they've been doing in the light, it will not be applied to heal their physical issues because those were experienced by a portion of the soul in the physical plane and are left there on hold, but within the Akashic Records, so the energetic consequences are on file. When they return in a new body, even in a different family altogether, they will reconnect to the Akashic Records and the makeup they inherit will have DNA reconfigured in a way to favor re-expression of karmic attributes of prior circumstances, whether positive or negative. They will be back in the saddle, so to speak, and living a quite human-level lifetime, and many develop difficulties even during childhood that constrain them because they'll not be able to heal themselves, nor will there be anyone to help them. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is intended to change all of this. First of all, to provide a way to heal each and every human who suffers. It is not the fault of the divine that the average person has more wrong with them than can be healed in a lifetime of divine healing. And so many never surmount all their difficulties, even with the protocol applied avidly on their behalf. That is simply the sad state of affairs things have led to over the many centuries of subjugation and suppression by the interlopers to cause so much wounding. The protocol as well contains within it the instructions to the divine to enable for the first time ever an effective ongoing healing of those in the light for their human level issues they left behind. This is done through retrocausal healing so that it can be applied back in time and forward in time while that light being is in the physical plane. So even though they might be in the light when the protocol session is done on their behalf, the healing can be applied by creator when they were back in their most recent incarnation and the one before that and so on, as well as applying it to future lives that may be underway. The answer is... For healing is the combined power of prayer and the lightworker healing protocol because it is also working on those interlopers directly who cause the human disconnection to begin with and bring evil into your realm. That is the main purpose of the protocol, to heal the evil ones among you so they withdraw. Once this happens, humanity will continue through these tools To complete the healing needed for ascension, finally, to a higher realm of existence altogether. And there will be no need to return as a physical being on the earth. This will be a joyous new time of adventure and expansion. It is prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol that will bring that about. And that is why we are promoting this effort to reach as many as possible. The question is... When we tap your shoulder and offer this to you, will you take it and use it? That will still be up to you, but you will inherit the consequences of that choice to say yes or to decline.
1: Creator always finding a way to shoehorn the message of our truly most important dilemma and task that's in front of us that we need to address, and that is healing the interlopers, and, and, you know, creating a healing for humanity so that we
2: can indeed ascend to greater things. Well, this has been the purpose behind religion to begin with, in part to keep us connected to the Almighty, but also to help us so we prevail. <laughs> yes. You know, survival is job one, if you don't remember. <laughs> you know, this This <laughs> is what the, the the lifeline to the light has always been about. How to keep going and make the most of it. And we're threatened right now. We're being uh, impaired more and more every day. They're turning the screws. Life is getting harsher and harder. And the answer is partnering with the divine. So there's no time to waste. You can get started very easily. And you do it from within your own mind. You don't have to report somewhere and put on a uniform. You just have to show up in your thoughts and with your heart. And we can help you with that. Download our prayer book, (laughs)
1: getwisdom.com slash prayer. And we've talked about the Lightworker Healing Protocol uh, within the context just last channeling, and you can learn more about it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. Carl, I'd love to continue, but unfortunately we're out of time for this week.
0: Thanks, everybody. Be well.